And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and uh, I do apologize. It's been a couple weeks since I last did a pod. Um, been a little bit busy with work, um, job stuff, personal stuff, and uh, I do feel bad, um, but I do have a good reason as well. So, like, about a week ago, a week and a half ago or so, I do real estate. Uh, I went to a, a real estate convention in Vegas, and unfortunately, uh, during my trip in Vegas, I had to deal with some credit card fraud. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think it could happen to me, but during my trip, on the latter portion of the trip, that happened, and so this past week, I've had to kind of man up, call call my credit card company, call my banks, put a freeze on my credit and whatnot. But overall, you know, I had to be an adult about the situation. And uh, while I, at first I felt kind of out of control with what had happened, and I was really stressed out. Uh, to be quite honest, I was a little depressed about it last week, but came full circle and realized that, you know, for a situation like that, even though I felt kind of powerless for something like that to occur during my trip in Vegas, I mean, the best thing you can do is to have a moment to yourself and you can, you can feel that certain way, but you gotta, you gotta eventually man up, move forward and uh, take control of the situation. So uh, not only did I do that, I filed a police report. And you know what? Through this whole process, uh, I'm not going to lie, I had different feelings of embarrassments, kind of kind of victimized, kind of um, frustrated, kind of mad at myself for letting this happen. But I think that everything should be okay moving forward. It's going to take a little bit of time. But I also did realize that, hey, you know it with the NFC West, just the West podcast blog, you know, all that aside, um, it's really good stuff. It's, it's a passion that I do enjoy, and despite some of the discrepancies or the stresses that happen from day to day stuff, I mean, this is something that I really do come back and look forward to. So, uh, for all those that do listen to the podcast and check out the blog and all that good stuff, thank you, thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. So, moving forward, uh, what have I been up to the last couple weeks? Well, for one, uh, last week I was actually an attendee with T-Up at San Francisco for the Niners-Rams game. And this game, this game in particular, so for context purposes, every year I do adjust the West tailgate game. At Candlestick, at Levi Stadium, at Niner Stadium, period. And so I usually, this was a game that I was really looking forward to, where I looked at the schedule, I'm like, oh shit, Jared Goff, Rams, Jimmy Garoppolo, Niners, both of them are ascending team. And for context purposes, every year I plan a quote unquote just the West tailgate, where I plan the whole thing. Um, I make it. Once a year, I don't do multiple tail- tailgates, but I do one really good tailgate. And so, whether it's at Levi Stadium or it's at Candlestick Park, but I make one really good pronounced home game uh, with family and friends. So this year in particular, I was really excited as a Niners fan. Yeah, Just the West is a Niners fan. But I looked at the schedule. It was either going to be Niners Raiders, 
Niners Rams, Niners Cardinals, but I really liked Week 7 Niners Rams because it's Sunday night football. And for those that do know the Bay Area, for those that do know Santa Clara, it is hot as shit here, especially if you're going to do a 1 o'clock game. And so we bought... uh, I. Tailgate was about 40 people, which was awesome, by the way. But the group that I went with was about seven of us. And we paid market rate prices for Sunday Night Football pre-Jimmy Garoppolo rates. This is before Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. This was when everyone, myself included, was really excited for the game. Uh, T-Up bought tickets as well. He flew from L.A. to San Francisco. He booked this way in advance for context purposes, but uh, to make this even more frustrating is we paid market rate for Sunday night football tickets, and the tickets that we were at, in particular the seats we were at, uh, they were, while they were midfield, great perception of the field. In years past, I've done kind of by the red zone, by the end zone in the corner, the perception is a little bit off, so this angle was A1. Only, only problem is that it's on the sunny side of Levi Stadium. And so, yeah, that was going to be an issue. But, you know, it was going to be Sunday Night Football. So I was just thinking like, hey, since it is Sunday Night Football, we don't have to worry about the sun. So we can pay these market rate prices. We can get a great angle. We can have a great game between Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff. Yeah, the whole, the whole hoopla. And it would be a lit game. This is going to be like the best tailgate ever. That didn't happen. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, he tore his ACL. He got hurt. The Niners went down to shits. The Rams, they're still 8-0. They're doing their thing. But, yeah, the Niners didn't hold their end of the deal. And they did so bad this season. The NFL flexed out this Sunday night football game from 5 o'clock, 5.20, to 1.20. So, yeah, I was baking in the sun. All the while, the Bengals, Andy Dalton... The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, they got the Sunday night football time slot. And so we got baked in the sun. It was really, really hot. I had never done that before. I'm usually in the shade because I anticipate these things for these afternoon games. But this didn't happen. We were baking in the sun. And so come halftime, I know it's been a big criticism for people to, you know, come halftime, spend a little bit more time in the halftime and don't come back in for the third quarter. Yeah. I was one of them. It was hot as shit. So we got a beer. We got went to the bathroom. We walked around. But we did anything but go back into the sun until a little bit later. And it also doesn't help that the Niners were getting their asses handed. But all the while, that was my week seven experience in Santa Clara. I enjoyed this week eight with a little bit of solitude to enjoy some football. The credit card stuff happened earlier that week, and so this past Sunday was something for me to kind of stay grounded and do something that I enjoy. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the games at hand for Week 8. Because right now you have the Rams sitting firmly, firmly as the only undefeated team in the NFL. They are 8-0, coming off, I won't say a convincing win, but... A very solid win against the Packers at L.A. There was a little bit of controversy at the end, uh, but more so into the favor of the Rams. The Rams, it's not like they cheat or anything like that. Randall Cobb fumbled the ball uh, instead of 
doing a touchback. A-Rod did not get the chance to have that final drive. And yeah, the Rams played a little bit of keep, keep away. They had a first down by Todd Gurley, and they, yeah, instead of going for the touchdown, they just killed the clock. So they won 27 to 29. The Seahawks are right now, they are coming off a bye week. So they were entering this game on the road against Detroit, the Lions, at 3 and 3. And they, I'll give them a lot of credit. I thought this whole offseason, considering all the turnover they had, some of the changes they had defensively, Earl Thomas breaking his leg, and Cam Chancellor retiring, amongst other things, I thought that this team would be kind of in an adjustment period. But here they are. They had a convincing win on the road against Detroit, uh, 28-14. to Russell Wilson had a perfect passer rating. Uh, they really did. I don't know. I mean, I know the Lions aren't a great run defense, but it's kind of weird to say, but the Seahawks offensive line looks like a legitimate offensive line. Uh, Russell Wilson, perfect passer rating, but he really only had 17 passing attempts. He went 14 for 17. 14 for 17, but out of those 17 passing attempts that he had, 14 completions, and out of those 14 completions, three of them were for touchdowns. No interceptions. He was sacked twice. But he had a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating. And this is the type of offense that they really... Uh, this is what they kind of were envisioning in the offseason. They wanted to protect Russell Wilson. They wanted a strong run game to get back to those Marshawn Lynch beast mode days. And I'm not saying that 7th round pick Chris Carson is beast mode, but... Uh, 25 carries, 105 yards, a touchdown. They also had 10 carries from Mike Davis. Um, 10 carries, 33 yards, and sprinkled in with a couple of other runners. But overall, uh, yeah, time of possession game. They played They played a win. Uh, they played a convincing 28-14 win. So that's second place in the NFC West. Third, I guess, two wins. The Cardinals. They're third place. You know why? Because the Niners, San Francisco 49ers, still have one win because the Cardinals hosted the Niners and they won. They won again. Their second win of the season is, once again, their second win against the Niners. The Niners went into this game with a lot more momentum, per se, because Steve Wilkes fired the offensive coordinator in Mike McCoy replaced him with uh, a rather green offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich. Uh, it makes me feel kind of old because I actually had him on my fantasy team at one point in my life when he was a, a quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, he took the reins as offensive coordinator. And it's not like it's not like the Cardinals dominated per se offensively. But you know what? The Niners entered the fourth quarter up 15-3. to and what did they do? They allowed two touchdowns. One touchdown to Fitzgerald. One touchdown to Christian Kirk in the back of the end zone. And yeah, they crept up, shut out the Niners offense, and they came away with a win 15-18. to And I don't know if I want to give more credit for the Cardinals because, well, Josh Rosen, it wasn't pretty for him early on. He got sacked several times. I believe he was sacked three times. He threw two interceptions, and he also... 
gave up a safety. And so I won't say he had the best game by all means, but you know what? He hung in there and entering the fourth quarter, two touchdowns, including a really nice throw in the back of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown to Christian Kirk uh, right over the Niners secondary. And yeah, I think that, I don't know, chicken or the egg, are the Cardinals that much better, or is it more so on the Niners? Because, I mean, for the Niners, they played these guys in Week 5. They had 400 yards of offense. They had, what, 40 first down? I don't know. They, they outplayed the Cardinals, but they had five turnovers, and they lost at home. So this was supposed to be a revenge factor type of game. But once again, late stretches of the game, total debacle for the Niners, very upsetting. They were 18 to 15. They were going up the field. They needed 10 more yards to get right in the field goal range of Robbie Gold. And uh, Eric Magnuson, the backup center for the Niners, sails a snap way too high over Beathard's shoulders. Ten yards back, clock is waning down. Game over. That's a horrible way to lose. It's um, a horrible way to lose. And so, let's go ahead and recap it. Rams eight and zero, eight wins. Seahawks one game above five hundred now at four and three. Cardinals, two and six. Niners, one and seven. So with week eight now complete, let's go ahead and talk briefly about the week nine matchups for the NFC West. Whew. Thursday night football, Battle of the Bay. I don't know how to really feel about this because, well, for one, the Raiders aren't doing so hot either. Gruden is doing a hard reset on this team. And you know what? I'll, I'll give them. I won't say I'm going to give them credit per se, but you know what? If you're going to rebuild, you might as well rebuild like this. They have three first-round picks. They traded Khalil Mack, Mari Cooper, and it wouldn't surprise me if Derek Carr is out the door after this season. But they are going another direction with their current roster. I can understand that. Niners. Niners are hosting the Raiders. Battle of the Bay. As I just mentioned before, the Niners have one win. And to make matters worse, the line open, Niners favored three over under 45. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it's about an even matchup. And so if it's going to be an even matchup, home field usually gets three points. So I'm like, okay, even teams, three points to the Niners. I get it. Over under 45, low scoring game between both offenses because both offenses are, are struggling. There's rumors, well, actually not even rumors. There's reports right now, and it is... Tuesday night, but quarterback C.J. Beathard, you already have Jimmy Garoppolo out with a ACL injury. Um, there's reports that C.J. Beathard might not play either. I think it's his wrist or some shit, but yeah, he might not play. And I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing because Beathard has averaged two turnovers for his career every game. He has averaged at least two turnovers, but... Uh, the next quarterback in line should Beathard not be able to play on a short week of recovery. It's going to be Nick Mullins, their third-string quarterback, undrafted, zero career starts, practice squad guy for the last couple years. And I will say this, I mean, he did very well this past preseason, arguably competing with C.J. Beathard, but 
yeah, man, he might get the starts, and I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, some people call this the toilet bowl game because both teams are technically uh, rebuilding uh, both teams right now. As of right now, if the season were to end, the Niners would have the number one pick, the New York Giants with the number two, and the Raiders number three. And so, do they even want to win this game? Is it really going to be for pride? I'm going to be watching this game at my friend Rory's house in Hayward this Thursday. And I'm going to have a couple Niner fans. I'm going to have a couple Raider fans. And we're kind of, you know, inside joke, but kind of true. Uh, are we rooting for our teams or are we rooting against our teams? Do we, which do we actually want our teams to suck more so they can get a better draft pick? People, it's come to that. It's come to that. So that should be an interesting game because, yeah, it's Thursday night. A uh, little rest. Richard Sherman, I know, I'm know i not too sure if he's going to play. Same with Matt Breida just because you're coming off uh, a short turnaround. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about that game a little bit more on my blog post. Next game, after Thursday night, you have a couple of afternoon games in the NFC West. Ooh, a really interesting matchup. Chargers, Seahawks. Seahawks hosts at Seattle. Hmm. Right now, the line is a pick'em. It's even over under 48. And I can kind of understand that. The Chargers, kind of like the Seahawks, you see a lot of good. You see a lot of bad. Both teams are running the ball very well. Uh, Melvin Ingram, their running back, is doing his thing. They have a, a really nice chemistry with him. And their backup running back, a Keller. Uh, they got some nice wideouts in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Tyrell Williams as well. Uh, Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I like this. I can understand why this is so evenly matched just because both teams do a lot of things very well, but they have their flaws respectively. Um, and both teams can certainly make a case in the second half to compete for the playoffs because, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are in the AFC West, and right now the Chiefs are killing it, but the Broncos are going to shits, the Raiders are going to shits, and so, yeah, they're kind of sliding in right there nicely. Um, but it's always been that argument with the Chargers. They have the talent, uh, but they fail to finish games. Seahawks are in a very interesting position as well because, yeah, the Cardinals and the Niners are going to shits. And so with a game above 500 midway into the season, they can make a very nice run themselves. And it starts at Seattle. They were 4-3. and three. And they have a chance to be 5-3 and three at Seattle against the Chargers. Very interesting matchup. Very interesting matchup. Cardinals are on a bye. Not to worry about them. They're coming off a very stellar win against the Niners. And so they'll have, uh, for them, thankfully, uh, with this bye week, Byron Leftwich, he's the new offensive coordinator. I'm sure they have a couple of things from an X's and O's perspective of where they want to be moving forward for the second half of the season. Where do they want to be schematically? David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, you have far and few in between playmakers, and so, yeah, you got to make the best of what they have. Make the best of what Josh Rosen has for his rookie season. So that will conclude to the last game in the NFC West. The Rams are 8-0. They're coming off a very close, but a very solid win against the Packers at home. And so now they travel into very tough territory on the road. The big easy New Orleans against the Saints at the Dome. 
evenly matched as well. Saints are favored by one. So it's pretty much a pick but you give the slight advantage to the Saints because they're at home, because they're at that Houdat Nation. Huh. Um, over under 59. Shootout type of game. Hmm. Both teams can run the ball very well. Evan Kamara, Mark Ingram versus Todd Gurley. I like this. It should be a, a very telling game for the Rams just because, uh, yeah, they beat the Packers. Now they play the Saints. I know that later on in the season they're going to play the Chiefs. And so they're being tested. This is not an easy 8-0 ride for these Rams. I mean, um, give them a lot of credit. And having said that, let's go into the next segue about the NFC West. The Rams are definitely in win-now mode because Tuesday was the trade deadline. It was the NFL trade deadline. And in years past, you don't really get that many trades. But lo and behold, there was a big trade, quote-unquote big trade, considering uh, where they are in the season. But the Rams made a trade today for a pass rusher. For someone that they could stand up. Dante Fowler, Jacksonville Jaguars, former number three pick, kind of a bust out of uh out of Florida. And and Talon has really actually there's been several things. He's had injuries, his talent's been there, but whatever for whatever reason, uh, he has not lived up to his draft day potential. So for a top five pick. They declined his fifth-year option, and so right now, uh, this is essentially an expiring contract. But the Rams gave up not one, but two, two mid-round picks, a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick for Dante Fowler. Are they going to sign him after this? I don't know. I know that there were reports saying that they're going to try to retain him during the offseason. But, man, what a, I won't say what a gamble... But what a aggressive approach by this Rams front office. I mean, they've been doing it from the get-go this past offseason, whether it's been the Dominico Sioux, Marcus Peters. But wow, uh, this, on paper at least, I mean, this is probably one of the better defensive lines that I've come across in my lifetime. And I will say this, I mean, they did give up quite a bit for someone that is on an expiring deal. But he's young. He's still in his prime. He just hasn't gotten in it together. But with the collective pieces in place, with Aaron Domenico, Sue, Michael Brockers, I mean, they needed, uh, yeah, uh, they definitely needed another pass rusher, uh, an outside edge pass rusher, just because that's been their Achilles heel. Uh, so I'm excited to see what the Rams are going to do. Phillips, the defensive coordinator, uh, I'm assuming they're going to stand him up because, I mean, they're in a 3-4 scheme. So he's going to be a, an edge 3-4 backer. Yeah, if there was ever an opportunity for Fowler to live up to his draft day potential, it would start in L.A. If I'm Fowler, I'm an ecstatic to be in the situation going from Jacksonville, buried off the depth chart, to this situation. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a win-win for... For both sides, because, I mean, the, the Jaguars to get not one but two mid-round draft picks for a guy that they were probably not going to keep anyways. Fucking great. Fucking great. So, uh, good to you, Jacksonville. Rams, best of luck as well. I hope that you can untap the potential that Fowler was supposed to have had when he was the third overall pick in that draft class. But, yeah, 
Very exciting news in the NFC West. Fowler is only 24 years old. To make way for Dante Fowler, a little discrepancy as well. To make room on that 53-man roster, out of all the guys that they could have cut, to make room for him, (gasps) surprise, surprise, they waived right guard Jamon Brown. Jamon Brown? Yeah, that Jamon Brown. He started all 16 games for them last season. Uh, He was suspended the first four games of the season for... Uh, drug test or whatever, but he suspended. He was suspended the first four games of the season, and so they picked up this guy last year off the practice squad, um, off of waivers from the Indianapolis Colts. Undrafted guy. His name is Austin Blythe. Yeah, man. And so he took the starting role from Jamon Brown, and not only has he done well and held his own, but he has actually excelled as the starting right guard for the Rams. A really good feel-good story. He's actually one of the top-rated guards per pro football focus. Actually, he might be the top guard. Um, i got to double-check the stats after this. But um, he's been one hell of a guard for the Rams, and so he's been playing so well that last year's starter, all 16 games, they cut him. I can't believe they cut him, though. I I mean, the Seahawks... um, I don't know, uh, the Eagles, um, someone, the Vikings, someone wants a li- an offensive lineman. I mean, especially someone that was a starter for all, all that while, um, but they straight up released him. Surprise to me. Surprise to me. I, I, I don't know. What do I know? Okay. I think we're getting right around the mark where I want to be for this podcast Uh, So once again, thank you for listening to me and listening to some of my personal stories with my credit card stuff and uh, the the kind of the failgate of the tailgates and the upcoming Niners game. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Once again, my name is Just the West. Continue to follow my podcast uh, on iTunes and uh, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course my blog www.justthewest.com. And so until next time, we out here. Peace.